Another year brings new and old faces together for the common goal of striving for academic and athletic excellence. The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University proudly presents Sharks Weekly, a deep dive into HPU athletics and who are this week's standout performers. Which program is making a splash in the classroom, community, and on the field? What are the upcoming schedules? All these questions answered and more coming live from the HPU Esports Arena, powered by DSC Hawaii on the Hawaii Pacific University campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace. Here's your host, Hawaii Pacific University's Vice President and Chief Marketing Communications Officer, Jeffrey Rich. Aloha, Sharks Nation. We are back live this Thursday morning, broadcasting from the beautiful campus of Hawaii Pacific University here at Aloha Tower Marketplace. We broadcast every Thursday morning from HPU's eSports Arena, of course, powered by DSE Hawaii. I am your host, Jeff Rich, and today we will be talking uh, baseball with HPU's uh, head baseball coach and a couple of our amazing players um, heading into his third season here at the helm. We've got head coach Dane Fujinaka and a couple of uh, awesome players. Uh, Daniel Johnson, we've had on the show before. He's a senior catcher hailing from Gilbert, Arizona. And uh, a newcomer to our show, Vicente Molina, one of the team's captains. Um, and uh, Vicente is a graduate student and a right-handed pitcher for the Sharks, hailing from South San Francisco. Um, so, but before we uh, we formally introduce our guests and, and get rolling with a little conversation about baseball, as always, let's stay, uh, say hello to our in-studio uh, cohorts here. Mr. Paul Breck, of course, working the soundboard, um, and our uh, sports information director here at HPU, Mr. Mark. To all gentlemen, uh, welcome. Uh, happy Thursday, and how was the week? I had to remember which one was my input over here. And <laughs> week's been good so far. A uh, really fun day this past Tuesday. Big pair of basketball games for uh, HPU against Azusa Pacific. Had over 400 screaming elementary schoolers there. That was ton of fun got to call that actually on these hawaii sports radio network waves and you can actually check that out i posted a couple of recaps today on our website tweeted them out as well that have the entire replay there so you can take in some of the action go on to uh hpu's socials as well have so many uh great videos and pictures of the day and I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to today. Obviously, it's always a good time whenever Coach Dane comes into uh, the studio or, or whatever we are using as the studio that day. And then, obviously, Daniel. Daniel, you said it before. He's a veteran of this. I was excited when you mentioned that he was coming on in. And then a new face in Vicente where it's... Man, we got a lot to learn. And then obviously my main man, Marcus, who's always here. So excited for today. It's been a fun week so far and uh, only going to get better. Yes, for sure. And, you know, Marcus, uh, you know, it's appropriate that we've got baseball in studio today because for some reason it feels very springish today. And when I think of spring and fresh fresh starts, I think of baseball and getting rolling in a, in a new season. Um, and, of course, here in Hawaii, it's perpetual summer, so it's hard to, to just have a distinction between you know, spring and summer, but it just, it kind of feels springy today. I don't know. Do you feel it? Yeah, my my ears are still ringing from Tuesday. I mean, when you're in a, a, <laughs> a gym full of like 400 plus elementary school students, uh, it was very, very loud. And you could tell like the, uh, you know, 
AP gravel. You could tell those those AP guys were feeling the the pressure from the little kids. I mean, they, I think they shot like three for twenty five <laughs> to open the game. Wow! And so they were. It was a like a like Paul wrote. It's like it was a playoff atmosphere there. Uh, the kid like the kids got really into it. If you look at those like little recap videos, you know they're throwing up you know the three every time <laughs> Charlie would hit a three or something like that. So uh, it was such a fun and great atmosphere, and just a, just a testament to Jesse and his team for uh, you know what they do for the community. You know, like just earlier uh, last week, you know they were at Manoa Elementary doing a free clinic, and yeah. so you know you invest in the community they invest right back into and so yeah. it was a really fun time for everybody and of course you're talking a little bit about the helmet game on oh, saturday yeah. yeah just just non-stop just like uh just super proud of like all that that men's program has done with the cams helmets and uh and just spend their time with those elementary school kids very nice very nice well we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what's been happening around campus and of course i look forward um a little bit later in the show at what's coming up in hpu sports but um you know hey let's get things rolling with our in-studio guests from the baseball team here um you know returning for i don't know how many times you've been on the show now dane uh few times a few times yeah um, but you know you, you always bring a lot of interesting insight and uh um you know we're excited to talk a little bit about how the season's looking this year um you know you guys are gearing up uh, for the opener i think it's february 1st as i said cal state la mm-hmm. um you know how's how's the team looking this year what's the what's the feeling like yeah i'm i'm really excited um we have cal state east bay cal state la um, that we play a couple times next weekend, um, starting on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a smaller group this year. Um, it's a it, I would say a little bit more tight knit, older group. Um, you know, really good core of, of leaders and captains. Um, so I, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of the, the team chemistry play out throughout the season, and you know, obviously um, go through the ups and downs. And and I think the the, the group that we have this year is is going to be able to hold it together. And, and, you know, we talked about, you know, not going through the highs and the lows and being able to kind of mediate that. And, you know, I think this is the group that that's going to be able to do that. Nice, nice. Well, you know, the 2023 season was marked um, by your best conference finish since 2016. You tied for sixth place with a 14 and 17 conference record. Um, and you had one of the top offenses um, in the conference, leading uh, the conference in triples and stolen bases. You guys were second in batting average in the Pac West, um, third in runs per game. So you had a, a pretty potent offense last year. Um, you know, how's the offense looking? Um, you know, Vicente, you're a pitcher. Um, so, uh, to hear you know how things are looking from the the pitching side of things and if you feel the rotation strong but you know Dane what do you see as the strengths and weaknesses of the team heading into the season yeah I think the offense um is the last couple years it's been the strength um you know we have our the main guys returning TJ Daniel uh Ian Wolski Chase um uh uh, Nick Geo, two-time All-Conference guy, Noah Hata um, in the in center field. Kota Suzuki was a newcomer of the year in our conference. So um, the the core guys uh, came back, which is huge. And then you know I I think we have a, a really good um, you know new a uh, couple new guys, Skylar Agnew, Caleb Milliken, um, who are going to be able to contribute right away. Um, so I, I I would say that's definitely going to be a strength again this year. Um, and as you know as as well well as I think you know or we improved last year but at the same time I do think that we underachieved a little bit you know I think our guys will say that um, they felt that they underachieved last year and um, which is exciting because I think we have the the main guys back and 
um, we added to it. So I think this year will be even better. Wow. Well, it's always, uh, you know, positive, I guess, if you feel like there's, you know, if the, if the team is feeling, you know, boy, we could have done better last year. We got room for improvement. Um, it's a good, healthy attitude coming in. Um, you know, Vicente, you're coming in as a veteran pitcher. Uh, you're a grad student. Um, you pitched in some big postseason games when you were at Laverne. Um, you're you're categorized or, or portrayed, I should say, as a leader on the field and uh, uh, one of the, the players that really sets an example with a, uh, a strong, high character. You know, what's what do you see, um, you know, as the exciting things to look forward to? How are you feeling about the team this year? Tell us a bit about what, what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm really excited for this upcoming year. I think as a new guy coming in, um, I was excited to get to know everyone and build relationships. And uh, like Coach Dane said, we have a really tight-knit group right now. And I'm really excited to, like, compete every day. I think game days are – we have so many games on the schedule. And baseball, compared to all the other sports, we – play the most games and I think game days are great opportunities to um, build on what we've been working on and which is our relationships our skills um, our game plan you know practices are the hard days they're supposed to be the hard agonizing days and when it comes to game day it's it's the fun day where we just let it all show out and yep. um, I think what you're going to see when we're on the field is our trust and belief in one another and um you know, we're gonna we're gonna put in that work to put a winning product out there. Do you feel like um, are you guys equally strong with your starting pitching and, and relief? You know, is there a strength on the staff that you feel you can really lean on this year, or is it just strong from top to bottom, from start to end? I think we're deep as a staff. I mean, Daniel and Dan can speak to it. Dan's our pitching coach. Daniel's a catcher, um, so we're around each other a whole lot. I think we have a good blend of um, different skill sets for each pitcher. Um, we have guys who can, you know, like me, I sink the ball. We have guys who can run it up with a uh, high velo like Scott and um, uh, Landon. And then we have guys who have experience who've been here, done that. And, uh, you know, they know what Dane's going to call and they, have it, they anticipate what's going to be going on and they just bring it. So I'm excited. Very nice. Well, um, well, hey, we want to come back here. We're going to take a quick break, and then Daniel, I want to bring you into the conversation. Talk a little bit. I, we've we've had some uh, commiseration over our, mm -hmm. our experiences as catchers, um, but let's hold for a second. We're going to take a quick commercial break. You're listening to Sharks Weekly. I'm your host Jeff Rich, and uh, we will be right back. <laughs> You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we are back. And just a reminder, um, you can catch all our episodes of Shark we uh, Sharks Weekly by visiting the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and checking out the Sharks Weekly page. And there we uh, have loaded up all of our prior conversations. Um, and uh, you can also uh, see our a link to our YouTube live stream um, and see what's happening in studio while we're doing our show. Uh, but let's get back into the conversation uh, with HPU uh, men's baseball. Um, Daniel, yeah. so uh, welcome back. Um, you know, as, uh, we had some great conversations before. Uh, I just want to recap a little bit. You had an amazing season last year. Um, you appeared in 22 games, starting 19 uh, from behind the plate. You led all catchers in numbers uh, of runners caught. You, you threw out, what, 10 last year? Something like that, yeah. Um, that's pretty strong. Boy, produced uh, four multi-hit games and two multi-RBI uh, RBI games, um, recorded your best offensive performance against the Academy of Art, uh, finding two hits, and uh, 
plating two RBI, scoring two runs yourself, and you finish, finish the season with a 988 fielding percentage and went five for six in stolen base attempts yourself. Hey, That's a pretty I didn't strong even know season. That stat. <laughs> I'm a little speed demon well, out there. Well, congratulations, thank man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you don't see a lot of catchers stealing bases. Right. I think it's a sneaky. You know, I think Dane told me in the fall last year. He goes, you know, you're gonna have a uh, quite a few stolen bases this year. I kind of laughed, and then um, I think it was super like second game. I got a hit, and I'm looking at him, and he gives me the steal sign. I looked over at our first base coach, Zabs. I'm like, did he just give me the steal sign? Zabs like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, no, I think he did. Um, and then I stole, and then Dane pulls me out to the side. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I didn't give you the sign. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. what was was it a miscue on the sign or what? You know, what was it? A little scratch to the excited. nose? That I was think real? I was just too excited. The the it was my uh, first game at a university in uh, a few years, and um. I was just amped to be out there. You know, I got my hit. I'm like looking at the dugout. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Did I guess just get the steel sign? Oh, I better go. And <laughs> wow. turns out, good thing I was safe because if I wasn't, that would have been. <laughs> all right. So so on the six attempts you had, did you go on your own on all of them then? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so you didn't give them this? <laughs> a lot of them were uh, uh, designed, I think, delay steals or, or first and third steals. Um, and then the one that I did get caught on um, – it was I was on second and I was trying to get to third and it was it was really really dumb mistakes. We were already up like seven runs and um, it wasn't even a, like a design steal. I just got back picked at second. I just went to third and then I got thrown out of third. Got a rundown. Yeah, yeah, I got thrown okay. out of third. Um, and yeah, that was not fun for me going into the dugout. But um, but yeah, good thing we were up seven runs. So wow. Yeah. Well, you know, Dane, it's good that you have confidence uh, in Daniel, and, and we'll give him that go sign now and then. Um, I, I imagine, as I, said, as I said earlier, you probably don't have a lot of catchers in your career that you feel a lot of confidence given the go, the green light too. Well, yeah, it's it's one of those where I mean, he's he doesn't run well, and <laughs> you know, but we we lead the league in in stolen bases. We have the last two years, um, and my philosophy, I guess, is we're just going to play fast and we're going to put pressure on defenses um, regardless, you know, one through nine, we're, we're going to, we're going to run. Um, but specifically for in Daniel's case and a lot of catchers is that, you know, they, because they're known as catchers that don't run, you know, they kind of bring that element of surprise to the table. So yeah. um, like you said, you know, guys don't pay attention with at him when he's on second base. So it allows him to get good jumps. So, and he does, he gets really good jumps, which allows him to make up for that lack of speed. So yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I think there's ways to find extra bases and, um, regardless of if, if you're if you have the raw speed or not yeah and i think a big part of our offense too is is creating chaos and uh we want to put all the pressure on them and i think with our our practice designs and how we we train we're given that opportunity to trust ourselves and trust the ability to create that chaos on the yeah. bases that's a good philosophy it's you know a little chaos control chaos is not a bad thing um you know vicente you know you're you're a right-handed pitcher um, do you have a, a you know a philosophy and you know holding the runner close? You know how do you approach it when you when you are fearful that somebody's going to take off on you? Um, well, for me, my game plan going in, like say we got an upcoming series, I always check the opposing rosters, see who the stolen base leaders are. Uh, with the new year, you look back at like okay, who led the team in stolen bases last year? Um, who would be a threat to go? And then you also think about the game situation, um, depending on how close the score is, what the count is. Like, say there's two outs run on first, that guy's probably trying to get a steal to uh, get in scoring position so that they can, you know, knock him in. So as a pitcher, you just got to vary your looks and your holds and your timing and then maybe mix in a pick here and there 
just to keep him honest yeah and then like give the catchers like danjo an honest shot of throwing him out and if anything our catchers have really good arms so as pitchers we know as long as we're quick to the plate um, our, our catcher is more than likely going to take care of the job. Now, do you guys have uh, a lot of communication about what's happening with the runner? Um, I think we have a lot of communication in general, um, but I think we're very um, cautious of, of who we think is going to be a guy that's going to try to take the extra base. Um, and, yeah, no, I think our the communication between pitchers and catchers, pitchers and middle infielders is, is phenomenal with that yep. stuff, yeah. What's uh, what's your strongest pitch, and and you know Daniel, how how do you approach calling the game when you've got uh, Vicente on the mound? Uh, well, I'd say my strongest pitch is my, I have like a two seam sinker, and it just it moves a whole lot in the zone, um, gets a lot of weak contact and ground balls. Nice. Yeah, and luckily for me, um, I don't have to call the game. Uh, Dane Dane takes control of that, um, takes a little bit more pressure off of me. Um, and yeah, Vicente's uh, fastball is one that when I'm in the batter's box, I do not want to see it. But when I'm catching it, it's <laughs> what's it's it clocked at? Super fun. It's at a whopping 82, 83 miles per hour, <laughs> but a whole lot of movement. It comes in. A, it comes in. A, feels like a lot faster than that. So it's got a little little deception on it. So so Dane, so you're calling. Um, that's why, is that a little unusual to have a, a coach calling you know pitches uh, versus the catcher? Uh, not at the college level. The okay. college level, I would say, there are programs that allow their their catchers to call the game. But um, it, so we have what's called pitch comms, which is I'm sure you you've seen it where the the players look at their wrist. It looks like a watch. Okay. Um, so that sign comes from the dugout. Um, and gets transmitted to our shortstop, second base, pitcher, and catcher. So what that does is it takes away um, any sign stealing that may be going on. You know, because as a as a manager, you're always worried about the other team stealing signs. Yeah. Or you know, the, like I, when I caught, I tipped pitches for the entire season. I had no idea until one of the opponents told me, "Hey, you're giving away signs, um, and you're letting everybody know it's coming just by the way I was." setting up so yeah um you know I'm, I'm always watching that but this this is just a really simple way of not even that being in the picture so and then also with the shortstop second base pitcher catcher all being on the same page um you know the communication is just a little bit better um they still have the ability to shake off and and you know if the pitcher or catcher doesn't want to throw a certain pitch they they kind of just shake their head and then they go to a traditional okay. science okay. system now but yeah. is that official equipment that every team has so it's kind of like you know the headset in other sports that are um, having a it's, broadcast it's optional to a it's, it's 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 newer so it's been um i think allowed for the last couple of years but it's expensive so not every team has it okay. um but yeah we're really fortunate to to have that last year we had the the catcher had the earpiece in but he still had to put down the sign um so this year we went straight to the the watch wow yeah. which is also nice for a catcher um for like me who caught night games last year um you know pitchers sometimes it's hard for them to see the signs yeah so there'd be a lot of cross-ups which is my nightmare as a catcher so now this takes the whole cross-up situation out of that wow well you know you learn something new every single day and this, honestly I, I had no idea that that baseball had gone that high tech and uh um it's interesting that you know unlike other sports where you know stealing you know play signal you know football for example and the the whole thing that the patriots were doing you know not not good not cool but um in terms of baseball sign stealing you know it's kind of a historic part of the game and something that um is accepted and you know um so it's interesting that technology is sort of changing the game in that respect um you know, I wonder if like, traditionalists would, would not feel good about bringing that kind of tech <laughs> into the game.
Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, like you play devil's advocate for a while, but I think it's just the safest bet. Um, you know, it's never, I mean, I was the same way. I, I used to tip a lot of pitches too as a catcher. Um, and it's never a good feeling when someone comes up to you like, hey man, like we had your signs the whole game. Yeah. I'm sure as a pitcher too, if you're tipping pitches, like just like not a good feeling. Like you never want to hear that. So, and this just takes that all out of it, you know, takes that pressure, whatever it is, just out of it. So it's nice. Yeah. And it, it changes the dynamics a little bit. I remember, you know, when I was catching, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you had a pitcher that wanted to call it himself and would mm -hmm. shake off your signs and always go with what he wanted. Sometimes I had a pitcher that didn't, you know, relied on me to call it the whole time. And now it's yeah. the coach mm -hmm. that's calling the game. Um, as you know, it, it, I just, how does that change your strategy and your philosophy when you have that kind of control over what pitches are coming in each um, well, we so another reason why we call the pitches from the dugout is we have reports, um, like in-depth, you know, pitch reports of how we should be pitching each guy. So we obviously don't expect every player on our or every pitcher and catcher to un, to know the roster, the opposing roster, top to bottom. Um, so that's another huge reason why we do it from the dugout. Um, but like I said, I think as the series goes on, like they the catchers. Especially are, you know, watching the game, the watching the hitters, the, yeah. the pitchers in the dugout should be watching the game, right? So I think we start to learn and and adjust our plans, and then by the end of it, it's like like Vicente said earlier, it's you know they they know what's going to be put down or what's going to show up on their watch before I even put put the button in, um, and I think that's what we're striving for um, from a plan overall plan strategy standpoint is to be on one page. Um, but, you know, I think what what that comes down to is the communication. Wow. Well, like I said, I, you learn something new every day, and that is something I had no idea was happening out there. Um, so good to know. Um, so, you know, how, what else is happening with the team? Are you guys, uh, you know, you mentioned you've got a lot of strong players coming back. Um, you've got strength on the offense and pitching and defense. Um, how's the team chemistry and camaraderie developing? Yeah, it's, it's always fun. Um, so last year was my first year. And, you know, we went through the fall, went through the spring, and uh, I really liked that group of guys, and I was sad to see some guys leave. Um, and then coming in, I was kind of like, didn't know who we were getting, what kind of guys we were getting. And it was fun to see, like, within the first two weeks that I was like, wow, this team is, is a huge upgrade. Like, um, with our pitching staff, bringing in some infielders, some outfielders, um, and then grinding throughout the whole fall, uh, just playing each other over and over, like, you got to see the competition level rising you know um everyone wanted to be there everyone wanted to get better um and then outside of baseball everyone hanging out with each other almost every single day um and yeah i'm super excited to see how um how it's going to play out against another team uh but yeah wow well it sounds like you got all the intangibles working along with um strength on the team at every position and uh, strong pitching, so um, should be an exciting season. Um, hey, we are going to take uh, another quick commercial break. Um, you are listening to Sharks Weekly. I'm your host, Jeff Rich. We're talking HPU baseball today, and we will be right back. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we are back. Um, we are live in studio at the eSports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii. Um, and I want to call out our amazing sponsors. Um, many, many thanks to Equus. Um, the Equus is Waikiki's best lifestyle boutique hotel. Enjoy big savings and year-round 
activities in a prime location. Um, check out Equus. You are also listening to Sharks Weekly, uh, which is brought to you by the Hula Grill. Um, Take in a fiery sunset while savoring the vibrant flavors of the island. Hula Grill. Many, many thanks to our wonderful sponsors. Um, but hey, let's uh, let's jump in uh, to HPU Sports. Um, and uh, as always, in studio with us today is Mr. Marcus DeWall, uh, HPU Sports Information Director. Marcus makes the rounds uh, and checks out what's happening with all the different teams, um, gives us a little update. So Marcus, how did things look the last week? What, what caught your eye? Well, first off, happy birthday to our assistant AD, Eli Shutmer. Happy birthday, yeah. Eli. I think I think out of all the assistant ADs of compliance, he's by far the most athletic. I, <laughs> I, I encourage you to look up his huddle mixtape uh, in college. He's an absolute animal at linebacker. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so this past weekend, uh, or no, it's not this past week, on Tuesday. Feels like a weekend. Week but, goes by uh, quick. Yeah, week goes by quick, but... Uh, we played uh, APU at home at the Shark Tank. Uh, our women's team, uh, you know, put up a good fight. We're actually up three at halftime against APU, who is nationally ranked coming in. Uh, you know, it just wasn't didn't pan out the way we wanted to at the end, but, uh, you know, a great effort and a great fight. And I think they've just done a good job in, in wins and in losses of just competing, like, you know, despite all the, the turmoil they've had this year. Mm-hmm. And then for men's basketball, you know, they, they, they put on a show in front of the kids and uh, APU, you know, managed to fight their way back in it, but you know they, you know, every game for that team, someone manages to step up, and so you know, Diggy, I think he had like two points, like going into like the final three minutes, and then all of a sudden he was just the most unstoppable player on the court. You know, he hitting like you're hitting, he's hitting threes or hitting like fadeaway layups, and you're just like, what? How? And so, but and he uh, was energized. We had he was, he was yeah. one of our guests last Thursday, and you could just tell he was ready to go. Yeah, and so today we got uh, you know pair of uh, home games again uh, with Point Loma and so uh, our women's game is going is going to be up against a uh, fairly I think they're a middle of the pack team uh, for Point Loma they're nine and nine this year and so it'll be a good uh, you know get right game for the women's team and then for the men's game you know like any game can be a rivalry game if you try hard enough and mm-hmm. so uh, Patrick Frost our associate head coach is a former uh, staff with Point Loma and so if you're familiar with Point Loma basketball you know just the past five years you know there's been causing headaches for no matter what school i've been at you know you can have a good year and then you just go to point loma and just you know you get shot back to earth and so are they always strong or uh they just the last couple of years they've been really kicking it up another notch yeah so during his three years there they were 41 and 10 in conference play okay and so That's just pretty not, strong. yeah pretty strong <laughs> yeah yeah you you always you always see them on a the schedule and you're twiddling your thumbs like oh, okay you know like and so but uh it's gonna be a good game tonight uh two of the best teams in the conference you know i feel like uh people are starting to give our men's team the respect they deserve as one of the better teams in the conference and you know they deserve it the uh, you know charlie's nine consecutive games with double digit points uh and that's without matt these past six games i believe he's, he's missed and so it's been really amazing to see you know they've they've gone through uh so much adversity that a team could possibly go through in a season but yeah they're uh you know i think it just not, it just made them stronger and it just Are they re- coming together feeling better of course one of the players had a death in the family um but uh, they kind of rallied around that it sounds like and really helped support each other kind of yeah yeah and that's and that's that's no surprise i feel like the culture they they build there is something that can withstand like horrible like you know like tragedies like that and so i feel like those guys are you know like really just bought in you know into 
uh, the philosophy that, that Jesse preaches there, but also just bought into each other as, as people. And so uh, really uh, proud of the, you know, just like the players they are, but also the people they are. And yeah. so really cool team to root for. Well, you know, as we've got baseball in studio today, and, you know, thanks to, to Dane, we've got a really strong program here and a good culture that's developed. Um, men's and women's basketball, same. Strong culture, um, strong teams. Um I know, uh, and, and for our listeners, too, just get this on your calendar as well, but uh, mark the date. February 10th, we've got um, homecoming. Both the men's and women's basketball teams will be in action at the Shark Tank. Um, come check it out for HPU's uh, uh, annual homecoming uh, event. Um, and uh, you can catch the exhibition game at halftime. You're going to watch faculty and staff go at it with a little bit of uh, basketball exhibition. I myself will be on the court that day, uh, unfortunately, and I am uh, just hoping to God I don't, you know, uh, pop a, a, a hammy or, or tear my Achilles. Something like that is going to happen one of these days. I, I, I just got to put it fearful. off as long as you can. No? <laughs> you, now, Jeff, you bring up culture, and that's something that actually I want to jump in. And Dane, you gave a, a talk during a USA Baseball clinic just a, a few weeks ago, and that was a big part of you know how you're building the foundation of the Sharks. And you've had a lot of really cool and um, worthwhile experiences in your coaching career, at least from my seat. Where do you draw most from when it comes to what you've tried to build in terms of culture here at HPU? And then perhaps the players can step in and maybe you guys can talk a little bit about what you have been drawn most to about the culture or what you enjoy most about the foundation of your guys' team. Yeah, I think I look back to my time at Midpack as a player. Um, and I, I, the, the work ethic that I try to preach to these guys comes from that program. Um, you know, it really, that's what was ingrained in, in me at, at that young age. And then um, when I got to Sacramento State, I think it was um, the pitching and defense philosophy. Uh, when I got to Menlo, it was, it was about the, the relationships. Um, I played for a really good head coach that um, was a player's coach that valued the relationships. So I think that you know is what i've tried to instill with these guys um and then when i went when i was with the blue jays in the dominican republic i saw um a lot of those kids obviously not have a lot you know to work with and um very similar to hpu we don't have the nice million dollar facility um like a lot of other places do so um i think you know my philosophy from that is being able to do more with less um and you know if you want to be successful no matter where you're at like you've got to start off at the bottom and and be able to do more with less um whether that's here or in in your next job right um so you know that's that's kind of what i pulled from from each program and i think try to ingrain that in, in these guys but yeah I'd, I'd like to hear what they have to say First off, like Dan said, we're, we're a hardworking group. Um, before all else, we have to put in the work, and we do that daily. We're up early um, in the weight room with Skyler Yamamoto, and he, he pushes us hard. We're all pushing one another. Um, and then we get to Kehi. Um, I mean, one of our practice shirts says Kehi built. We say it around here. It's on Instagram, and that's just wherever we are, we can get and put in the work no matter uh, what's going on. And, yeah, we don't have the – nice facility but we have a hell of a coaching staff we have a hell of a mindset and we have a whole lot of good equipment that we can use at our disposal so as long as you know 
we step into the yard and we have the mindset, all right, we're going to get better today, which we always do. Um, we're really maximizing our potential and we're trying to do that day in and day out here. Yeah. And beautiful weather all year round. <laughs> yeah. That sure helps. Too, so. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, Vicente texted me before he was even stepped foot on campus and he was asking me like, Hey, what's the culture like? Like what are, what are some of your like team's core beliefs, you know? And which is an qu awesome question to ask and it's a even better question to answer because it's just we're a gritty uh, a bunch um there's yeah like they said we don't have the nicest facilities but we're gonna find a way to get better that day um we're gonna come together as a team we're gonna be a family um where everyone has each other's backs there's you know we're only as strong as our weakest guy and we're gonna make sure that weakest guy is really really strong you know yeah 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 and uh, I'd agree. We, we really are a family. Like I can go to anyone on the team, any coach, and I know they'd have my back or they could have an answer to my question. And if they don't, they'll find someone to help me out. And, um, that's really like a gratifying feeling, you know, being away from home, you have a family away from home and it's a huge family. <laughs> and, you know, no matter where we go, um, we're always going to have each other's back and look out for one another. Yeah, there's nothing stronger than when uh, when you feel supported and you mm. feel part of a of a of, a, of an ohana, um, and you just know that other guys got your back, and that is just absolutely uh, an intangible, and such an important thing to capture um, when you want to have a successful program. Is that is that philosophy? In it? I mean, do you feel Dane like the you know this team just brought that, or do you you know is the the culture of the program has to be contributing to the creation of that culture and that feeling of support i th yeah i think like 95 percent of it has to do with just the people that we recruit and um you know bringing guys in like daniel and vicente who like it, it's very intentional when we're in the recruiting process to make sure that they're gonna fit you know what we're looking for um you know and uh i think from there it's kind of you know, as coaching staff, we add in our two cents here and there. And, um, you know, they they have a leadership group that Skylar Yamamoto has put together to create a curriculum to, you know, just enhance their leadership skills. And then from there, it's all them. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's mainly just the guys that, that we have. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer um, that you can have a really, really good team. And if the, the chemistry and culture isn't there, then they're not going to have as much as success yeah. as a team who has that that chemistry and who has that culture so i think it's important that whether we're at the field or we're off the field that we're going to try to hang out as much as possible we're going to try to spend as much time with the get with each other get to know each other be vulnerable with each other you know i think that's all important with with chemistry yeah absolutely and you know and today i mean college sports are different you know back in the day you know it was not easy to transfer mm -hmm. and you lose a year of eligibility oftentimes and now you know you don't like the culture of a program see ya i'm off mm -hmm. to something else and uh so you know congrats dane on, on creating that culture and as, as we said the success of the program is tangible you can feel it um and the uh the attitude of the players and the way they come together you can just see it and everything that they do and say um, all right we are going to take our last break uh, for today's show and then we're going to come back um, we'll learn a little bit more about what to look forward to in the the coming week here at hpu um, i'm your host jeff rich you're listening to sharks weekly we'll be right back you 
You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we are back. Uh, and just a reminder, you can catch us every Thursday morning by dialing into either AM 760 or FM 95.1 at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Um, and then catch our YouTube uh, live broadcast uh, streams and see what's happening in studio. Uh, but hey, this is the time in the show where we uh, check back in a second time with Mr. Marcus DeWall and learn a little bit about what to expect in the coming week at HPU with our sports programs. Marcus, what's happening this coming week? Yeah, so like I said, yeah, like I said, we have a uh, basketball doubleheader tonight, and then uh, on Friday, well, tomorrow. Oh my gosh, yeah, this week's just. Time on this island, when it's sunny every day, time is just <laughs> not a concept here. And so uh, tomorrow we have our, our softball alumni game, and so they're going to be over there, uh, Kanehoe way, and just uh, playing with you know fellow alumni. And then, uh, yeah, so next week we have you know our baseball you know opening day. And op- I'm excited for this opening day because, I mean, last year with the A's, you know, it was more so dreading the opening day. I'm like, all right, here comes, like, the marathon of pain. But... When you have like a, a good roster like this, opening day is just exciting. You have so many weapons, and you know you get to see them in action. And then the same thing for softball. You know, they uh, they're kicking off in, in Concordia at the Concordia Kickoff Classic, and as someone that worked that, oh my gosh, it was fun, but long days. You know, just non-soft softball, but it's at a, a great complex in Irvine at, at the Great Park, and so it's be exciting to see them face off some of the get uh, against some of the best uh, softball teams in the West Region, and so. Uh, exciting new starts for a lot of people and so nice nice will be an exciting week ahead um, and beautiful weather for all of our activities outdoor games in particular you know uh, guys so we were talking at the break about um, gambling in sports and it's a it's impact on uh, culture um, you know back you know years ago I mean clear separation I mean gambling was illegal in most places right you had it in Las Vegas you had maybe some Indian gaming casinos that had uh, rights to have casinos up but it seems like gambling has become pervasive in our culture you know if you watch the NFL for example I mean they're all the the pregame shows and they're all sponsored by the gambling companies um, you know but you look at baseball as an example uh, and P. Rose um, you know, banned for life from the game, banned from the Hall of Fame for gambling. Now, you could argue that his crime, even though you weren't supposed to gamble on anything at that point, was gambling on his own teams. Um, but, you know, how, how does that impact things today? How, you know, it's hard for you to compare to days and gone past when gambling was not so pervasive. But, you know, what is, what, what's the mentality with players now when you can go place a wager on just about anything? Yeah, I'll start off with just saying, I mean, I think the penalties are extreme, um, as it should be, because, I mean, we're here for the integrity of the game, and that's what's important, and I think um, it, it, it it needs to be severe, you know, when, when people, uh, you'll see it every year, you know, and um, it's it's national news as it should be because it's it's not good for the sport it's not good for college athletics right and um we're ultimately here for these guys to get an education and experience um playing college baseball and you know gambling in it there's you know no room for that you know so i think um you know um like you said it's it's a lot more popular in the professional sports obviously but college sports you know i i'm i'm 
happy to say that you know um at least in our arena it's it hasn't been yeah. any issue and know? daniel you were telling me um that uh college athletes now have to come in and, and signed a uh an oath to not gamble mm, and that's correct. an official requirement yeah, now for eligibility yeah. so they um the ncaa makes sure uh that the athletes um, are not participating in any um, uh, sports betting, one, uh, for the integrity of the game, but two, kind of for their own sake. You know, you don't want, I, I, I mean, 18 to 22-year-olds um, spending money on, on sports gambling, losing a lot of money. I mean, whether you're winning or not, I think the, the story goes is that you're always down, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so NCAA makes us sign an oath to, to not sports gamble or gamble in general. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I just, you know, as you get older, you have the, the advantage of longevity of perspective, you know, and, 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 you know, people my age, you can look back and know, compare it to a time when, you know, gambling was literally illegal. Um, and now, you know, and you look at how analytics have, have come into every sport and all the stats that get called out instantly that we never had access to before, football, baseball, obviously statistics driven games and uh, you know the, the wagering opportunities are almost limitless as these companies develop lines on anything and everything mm-hmm. and I'd have to believe that that's that's going to have a negative impact on a lot of aspects of our culture and society mm-hmm. and not a good thing for sports yeah well I think it's uh, a little f- I don't know if funny is the right word but you, know, you have let's let's take professional athletes you always, they have already have the pressure of playing the sport and uh, the pressure of winning and losing performing good and performing bad but now you put on the pressure of people are rooting that for them to either do bad because they have money on them or rooting for them to do good because they have money on them. So yeah. if they don't perform, then they're getting uh, uh, scrutinized because they lost money because of that person or vice versa, that they're getting praised because they made that person money. So I just, it's like a extra layer of pressure, which I think is funny, but not the good kind of funny. You know, and also too, I, I just, I'd have to believe that the opportunities to game the system um, are just limitless. You know, if you can bet on literally everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so a player's not going to bet themselves, but what's to keep a family member from no, placing right. a big wager and then, a, you know, missing a shot or yeah, doing sure. something that gets you that line? That so, just seems too easy to do. So I hate to, to jump in and totally derail the conversation, but Jeff, you, you've triggered my ADHD uh, and deep inside me. And you mentioned analytics and how they, they've really, really gone into baseball. And before we get out of here today, I know that that's something that Coach Dane uses. And I was curious, player-wise, are there specific numbers that you guys are looking at that, that you, you look at more than others uh, when it comes to your performance on the field, whether that be, you know, you hear the exit velocity and the, and the launch angles and whatnot, but what are some of the numbers and categories you guys look at when you're trying to improve? Um, so I was, uh, I liked to uh, consider myself a traditionalist when it comes <laughs> to baseball and I hated numbers just because my numbers weren't that great um, when it came to exit velo or they were good speed. last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but um, and so I like tried to not pay attention. Um, and then uh, Richard Richie Higa, he became our hitting coach, and me and him had a lot of conversation about what we needed to improve. And like the number, the two things were my exit velo and my bat speed. And I was like, yeah, but I hit three three fifteen or three twenty, whatever it was. I was like, why would I? He was like 
yeah, but don't like, you don't think you have room to grow? And I was like, ah, all right, good point. And so this whole fall we worked on it and we, um, I, uh, set a personal record for both exit velo and bat speed. And, and I, I'd like to hear Dane talk more about analytics too, because I know that he hits one thing that he loves. Um, but yeah. Sante. Um, for the pitching side, um, for me, I'll take all information. I love, um, gathering Intel on opposing hitters. Um, just, seeing where they hit the ball what are their strengths what do they not hit well just knowing all those little things um is very helpful to keep in mind especially like you know for me i'm a reliever so i would come into a situation and for more for more most people like the game kind of speeds up but i think being well prepared with who you're facing slows it down um especially just in the back of your head i was like okay this is what he struggles with if i get ahead this is what we can attack him with or if i'm behind look remember he's susceptible to balls low in the zone okay if we just pound the bottom of the zone i'll probably get him out um so just being prepared is good to know yeah you know it it's it's hard to argue the impact that you know all of these new technologies and and the analytics that are available for coaching for players to assess what's happening and it, its impact is just i think indisputable it'll be interesting interesting to see how um how players do adapt to that new intelligence and uh, how things continue to progress but you know my final statement on the the topic of sports gambling is i you know i, I just i can't see how it does a, is a good thing ultimately mm. for for our culture and our society to make it such a core part of sports you know you look at things that have deemed harmful to individuals you know bans on advertising smoking to youth and all and i think it's something we probably need to take a look at and say okay you know this has to have some reins on it and some parameters so but a conversation for another day um i want to thank our amazing in-studio guests um i wish you guys the best of luck as awesome. you head Thanks into the season us. opener um, thank you and we'll hopefully have you back and uh and talk about another successful season as you round it out marcus paul as always great job thanks we will be back next week with another episode of sharks weekly i'm your host jeff rich uh, aloha